0: Welcome, listeners, to this morning's broadcast of Sunlit Literature, where we offer you food for thought from new titles each episode on your way to work, or on your way home, or on your way anywhere, considering it's a podcast. This week, we will be discussing Jhumpa Lahiri's interpretive maladies regarding its topics related to immigration. None of our guests are required to be of Indian origin or share whether or not they related to the novel before coming on the show, in which case, this the point of this week's discussion is hopefully to create a connection between the lives of Lahiri's characters with our own. Without further ado, our first guest is here with me today, likely wondering when she'll actually get the answer and some questions. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, hello there. My name is Sophia Adaway. Thank you for inviting me to join you. Of course, it's always easier having guests on the show. Listening to my own voice can get pretty tiring after the first half hour. Now, I thought I would let you start the conversation about Interpreter Maladies, if that's all right with you, just so you can share what you felt was important before we dive into the questions. Oh, um, okay then. Well, first it's important to note the impact of Lahiri's upbringing on her choices and topics as a novelist. When reading Interpreter of Maladies, the way Lahiri brings each story to life is done beautifully through a manner of personal understanding. Each story has its own narrator, and she allows us to focus on the center of the topic relatively easy with the help of human thought. Though it is important to understand the Interpreter of Maladies, is a collection of short narratives meant to be analyzed individually There are obvious overlapping themes. From marriage and communication to connection and loss, is important in understanding the ways in which Lahiri's characters should struggle with assimilation. Pardon my interruption, but with reflecting on the stories as a whole, do you think it is important to note the area within many of these characters originate from? Absolutely. The connection people form with their native land is extremely important in Lahiri's tales and serves as a foundation between them all. I feel as if Lahiri uses a similarity to deeper, analyzed diaspora, which is a case in which the people of a nation have since left and spread among new lands across the world. Not every character of the novel has found themselves across the ocean, but their distance from home has had a major impact on their lives. As in the case of Bori Ma from the fourth story of Interpretive Maladies, who, despite residing in the neighboring country of her homeland, experiences distress as if she was continents away. On the other hand, in the stories of Mrs. Sen's and the Third and Final Continent, both Mrs. Sen and Mala experience overwhelming grief from the unfamiliarity of their new home in the United States. um, Continuing on the topic of immigration, do you have any similar experience with any of the characters or with the novelist herself? I am not of Indian descent like the novelist and many of her characters, but I have experienced my fair share of emotions regarding assimilation. I come from a Colombian Colombian mother and a white father who usually describes himself as not being from anywhere in particular since he frequently moved as a child. As a kid, my dad often traveled for several weeks at a time, so the majority of the discipline taught to my brother and I was that of Colombian custom. Within the walls of our home, speaking Spanish and going about our days as if we were living in Colombia, felt easy and natural. It was only on the outside, amongst the children my age and the teachers I had, that I realized the difference between myself and other Americans. We lived in a neighborhood that was mostly white families and had little interaction with any Hispanic families nearby. In school, I struggled to deal with not only a sense that I wasn't American enough for my peers, but also not Hispanic enough at the same time. As I grew older into the later years of elementary school and middle school, I developed a negative relationship with the features that made me different from a lot of girls in my class. My skin was too pale to be Hispanic. My hair was too dark to be American. My hips weren't curvy enough to be Hispanic. My birthmarks were too distinct to be American and on and on and on. The need I felt to assimilate into the culture of my peers left me with a constant feeling that I was an outcast. That no matter how hard I tried, I would never be Colombian enough nor American enough. You've used the the terms not American or Hispanic enough several times. What does that mean? If you aren't American enough, then what do you regard as what it means to be American? Honestly, as a child, I thought being American meant being blonde, blue-eyed, and from a white family when I was a kid. I regarded those qualities as being proof that someone belonged in America and further evidence that I did not. Now, many, many years later, I know that I was extremely wrong in assuming only those people could be American. In today's day and age, being American often goes hand in hand with being of nearly any different country, creating a crazy mixing pot of cultures in the United States that opened my eyes to the beauty of having foreign roots. Personally, I feel as if there is no definition as to what makes someone American. There are far too many cultures represented in this country to isolate a single reason as to what unifies us all, other than the fact that we have found a home here. I understand what you mean. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on this broadcast of Sunlit Literature, and thank you, Miss Attaway, for making time to speak with us today.